Have you ever caught yourself repeatedly doing something that goes against your typical nature? You find yourself doing bad things or what most people call just you're sinning. You're in a lifestyle of sinning. And it may not be big things, but little things that just continuously begin to happen. And you stop and you think, why did I just do that? That doesn't make sense. I had no reason to go about that. Why am I making these decisions? Why am I having these thoughts that continuously are bombarding me and moving me in directions that I don't agree with, I don't like? Have you ever had these thoughts? I have recently, and it's been really interesting because I've been getting the thoughts of just negativity or lust or hurt or anger um, or fear just coming through, and it's been pushing me in certain directions of my life, and it's also been keeping me away from others. And I couldn't figure out why. I was like, why am I thinking this way? Why am I moving in this direction? This is not like me. That's not like my character. It's not like my nature to be moving in this direction. And yet, here I am. I've been pressing in to this with the Holy Spirit, trying to figure out what's going on. And it hasn't been a very forceful, like, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. It's more of the point where I get so pushed off the path of walking with the Lord that I'm seeking him in almost desperation, set in sadness. It's like, I'm, I'm not where I need to be and this is not okay. And I'm hearing his whisper. I'm hearing his whisper come up and guiding me and what needs to happen. And I believe Holy Spirit has finally revealed to me what has actually been going on. He's been speaking it a little bit here and there and there. And it's not because he has not been wanting to give me the answer. It's mainly been because I have not accepted the answer. I have not had the inward desire to really pursue the answer. And that is a case of coming so far off the path of walking with the Lord in your daily routine. It's the small, minute changes that kind of get you off the path. It's like an airplane. If you change an airplane's direction by just a quarter percent, it will go off thousands of miles in the wrong direction. A tiny little bit of a shift can get you so far off. But the good thing about being with the Lord is he's our shepherd and he can always guide us back into the right path as long as we have our eyes open and our ears open for his sheep hear his voice. But as I was saying, there's been an answer, a revealing a solution that the Holy Spirit's guided me, and that's what I'm going to bring here on this episode today. Welcome back. Let's get started. Welcome to Day by Day with Holy Spirit. My name is Shane Garrett, and I have been developing my gift of hearing Holy Spirit's voice for almost seven years now. Over those years, I've had some amazing success, but I've also made a lot of mistakes and had a lot of failures. But each time I fail, I turn to Holy Spirit and see what He has to say. This podcast gives you a look into my life as I walk out my successes and my failures with my relationship with Holy Spirit. Let's get started. Now, there was a pattern that I was trying to develop that I fell off and I want to get back on to. And what that was is I was spending 10 minutes a day with Holy Spirit at a specific time. That specific time was on one of my breaks. On work. So while I'm working in my normal day to day job, uh, during my first break, I would take 10 minutes and I would just spend it with him. Now, this was a little difficult for me, mainly because I have these certain modes that I work, I get into, 
and I'm can you know have fun mode. I have a work mode. I have a serious mode. I have a question mode, like an inquisitive mode. I have a just a playful mode. All these different things that go on, and I usually can't switch from one to the other to the other. It takes a little bit of time, not too long, but a little bit. And so when I get in work mode, even when I go on my lunch break, and I know I don't have to work right now. I'm still feeling this sense of like, I can't rest because I know I'm trying to figure out what I need to get done. What needs to happen? What emails do I need to get out? What responses do I need to make? Or what tasks do I need to complete? All these different things are still running my mind and my body just can't rest. And so when I got into these times where I'm meeting with him for 10 minutes, it was really difficult for me to just shift in this moment of just like, hey, let me just be with you right now. Let me just hang out with Jesus for just a little bit because my mind's still kind of in work mode. Have you ever been trying to have a conversation with someone who is really just busy? Like they're moving around. I mean, it could even be in your house and they're just shuffling papers or they're putting the mail together or they're kind of cooking or, or doing all these different things. It's just their mind isn't fully on you. It's not like going on a first date and, and both of your attention is just right there. It's not those moments of deep intimacy where all you see are each other. It's more of a sense that they got another thing on your mind, but they're still trying to pay attention to you. They're there. They're talking and responding, but really their attention's somewhere else. Now, I'm experiencing this on the opposite end. I'm feeling like I'm doing this to the Holy Spirit. He's here. He's present. He wants my attention, and I'm trying to be there with him, but my mind is just rallying on so many different things, and it was just very difficult for me to switch. It's something I'm still working on. I'm being able to do that, especially in the midst of working because I don't know what it is, but when it's when it's working time, 9 to 5, I'm just in work mode. I'm just here to kind of get the job done on whatever needs, and when I get off of work, it takes me a little bit to shift, but I've learned it's more difficult for me to spend time with Holy Spirit after work than it is in the morning. So it's a new shift, kind of working through it. Uh, but the reason I brought it up is I was doing this, but I kind of talked myself out of continuing it. And when I talked myself out of doing it, I found myself only encountering Holy Spirit in sporadic moments. If it's very difficult to build a relationship with someone, a friendship with someone, when you only see them sporadically, when you only encounter a person at certain events or certain parties, or oh, let's just take someone at church. You go to church maybe once, twice a week. You see someone kind of there. You get to know them, but you don't really get to know them on a deep level unless you take the intention and momentum to reach out to them outside of church, right? You unless you take them out to coffee or food, you're really not going to get to know that person because you're only going to see them sporadically. They're probably not even someone that you, you really get to know at church. It's just someone that pops up. Likewise, if you're in a small town and you, you run across, across other people, sporadically, you'll get to know them. I mean, it's a small town. You get to know the people around you, but you don't really know their heart. You don't know what it's like in, in their life. You don't know their little habits, the little tiny things you pick up that only you get when you're around them so much. Now that's kind of what happens when you don't set the time to be with the Lord. You you depend on these sporadic moments to be the source of your relationship, but that can't be your source. If that's your source of relationship is sporadic, you it's going to be faulty foundation. That's not a firm foundation to build your relationship with Holy Spirit. You need to set that time with him. 
And that's what I was not doing. I was not setting specific moments with him where I was just sitting down. I did for a little bit and I saw great fruit and then I just talked myself out of doing it and I stopped for a while. And I was still in relationship with him. I was still still speaking with him, but it was sporadic. None of it was intentional. It was circumstantial. It was me reaching out to him because of the moment called for it. That is, that's not a full relationship. There's so much lacking in that. Because the people I'm closest with, I make an intention, intentional action to spend time with them, to sit down with them. And that's what we need. We need that. But what happened was I stopped doing that. So my relationship with him became more sporadic. The foundation wasn't necessarily there. And that was a little thing that just started slowly moving me off the path. It wasn't light and darkness. Right there, a split pathway, and I chose darkness. It was more of like a small little nudge in the wrong direction. Fortunately, I mean... Jesus' sheep hear his voice, and he's our shepherd, and he can always guide us back. But what I found is I kind of started going in the opposite direction. And when I get in the routine of work, it's like I, I clock in, I clock out. I Maybe I even stay a little bit longer. I mean, I work from home, so sometimes I do a little work uh, afterwards, just get whatever needs to get done. And then I might play some games. I might turn on a movie or just relax and play some poker or whatever it may look like. And then all of a sudden the day's over, I go to sleep, I wake up and I just repeat that, repeat that, repeat that, repeat that, repeat that in a rhythm without God. A sporadic relationship with God is not going to be a substantial relationship. It's going to have holes. It's like building your house on the sand. You can't build a house sporadically. Oh, let me just put up this beam right here. Oh, let me work on the window today. I'm going to work on the foundation today. Oh, a little piece of the roofing. But nothing's put together. Nothing's set in the stone because you don't, you're just moving. It's bragging when you feel like it. And that's just not enough. And so as I'm progressing through this and my thoughts are getting worse and worse and, and I'm getting lustful thoughts hitting me, I'm getting negative thoughts hitting me, I'm getting just things that just like, shameful thoughts, condemnational, and all these different things just hitting me at, the, at random times throughout the day. And I'm just like, what the heck is going on? And the further I get away, the less inclined I am to turn back and get on the right path and sit down. Just doing this podcast and getting inside the word has been just a fight. It really has. It's like a distraction. It's like the more you answer to a distraction, the easier it becomes to be distracted. I'll say that again. The more you say yes to a distraction, the easier it is to say yes to a distraction. Likewise, vice versa, the more you say no to a distraction, the easier it is to say no to a distraction. It's whatever one you're going to grow. You're either growing or you're dying. It, it's one or the other. You don't get to choose and stay constant. There is no constant. There's no leveling off. You're, you're moving up or down, up or down, a continuous flow. And so... I'm progressing and I'm getting all these weird things. I'm like, Lord, what is going on? Why am I thinking like this? He's like, you're thinking like the world because you're acting, operating, and living mostly in the world. You're wondering why you look like the world. And yet, 
you're functioning, operating, living, and accepting all the things of the world around you. He, he straight up called me out. He convicted me. He's like, what part of the kingdom have you been living in? I'm like, well, <laughs> not what I wanted to hear. I'm like, yeah, but what about this moment and that moment and this moment? He said, yeah. Five minutes doing that sporadic moment. Five minutes compared to 24 hours. What is 24 hours? Is that like, eight, how many minutes is 24 hours? Let's see, 24 times 60, it's 1,440. Well, let's just cut that in half. Let's just say 12 hours. It's 720 minutes. So if you take your five minutes and put it next to 720, it looks pretty minimal. It makes a little bit more sense of why you begin to start looking more like the world when you're spending 715 minutes with the world and five minutes in the kingdom. How's that going to work? Do you understand what baptizing is? Have you ever heard of that term? I know it's a very Christian term, baptizing. Did you know that that used to be a kitchen term, a cooking term? It was more so in the time of the Bible. It's still somewhat used today, um, not as frequent at all. Uh, I think we've changed the word a couple of times. I, I, I don't know the accepted word, but it was a proper baking, kitchen, cooking like word back in the times of Paul. That's why he kept using it, baptized, baptized, baptized. That's why they all use it because they all recognize it. What it was, it's, it's baptizing changes the structure of something. It's how you make pickles. You make a pickle by baptizing a cucumber. So you take the cucumber and you put it in like salt and vinegar and maybe a couple other ingredients, whatever it may be. And it literally changes the DNA. It changes the DNA of the whole pickle or the whole cucumber, and it turns it into a new creation. Sound familiar? We were baptized and became a new creation. We were baptized. It, the term is so synonymous. But if you begin to spend so much time in the world, you're soaking yourself in it. You're becoming more like it. Now, you can never return to a cucumber. A pickle can never return to a cucumber, ever. Ever. You, you, it's just not going to work. The complete structure of it is totally different now. Now, us, we can never return fully to the world, but our flesh can. I was looking into the scripture. It, actually, before I get into the scripture, let me just share a little bit more of what Holy Spirit was sharing with me. I remember it was actually just today. I was like, man, I am... Uh, I was like, I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to talk about anything with the Lord. And he's like, why aren't you searching this out? I'm like, well, I'm scared. He's like, you're not scared. I'm like, what? <laughs> I thought that would be a right answer. Just to be honest, I'm scared. <laughs> he's like, that's not, you're not scared. He said, you're dying. I'm like, what? I'm like, do I have, do I have a terminal disease? <laughs> and he's like, no, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about your flesh or your body. I'm talking about your soul and your flesh together. They're dying. Like, oh, that's not good. And he's like, the more decisions you make according to the world and according to your flesh, and you agree with these thoughts that are coming with, towards you and attacking you, the more you agree with it, the more you're going to die. Oh. <laughs> not exactly what I was looking at hearing 
it took me a little bit by surprise, but I'm like, oh, something inside it felt right. Something inside me felt like this is truth. I didn't feel condemnation in this. I just felt a piece that I'm like, all right, I mean, I, this is feeling right. And so I press in a little bit more. Holy Spirit said, let me ask you this. Why does a slave do what it does? When a slave is doing a task, why is it doing that task? I said, well, if a slave is doing something, it's usually because its master commanded it to. He's like, yeah. A slave doesn't need to know why it's doing something. It's only told what to do, and it obeys. And this is what I was getting to in Scripture. Because I remember asking him, I was like, well, well, how do I go about this? He's like, get into Romans. Get into Romans for a little bit and then come back to me. Okay. So I get into Romans, chapter 6, 7, and 8. Probably my, three of my favorite chapters in the entire Bible. And it says, you become a slave to whomever you choose. You obey. And it says, if we choose sin, we will become a slave to sin, to unrighteousness. We become its slave, and it becomes master over us. So now we're beginning to do things that we don't understand why because we don't need to know the answer why. It's because our master is now telling us. We have submitted to sin, and now sin has become our master and telling us what we are to do. You wonder why you end up, if you if you continuously lust and you end up doing lustful things and looking at porn, all these things, you just don't know why? Well, it's your, your master is telling you to. It's funny that in Romans 6, it has this amazing little word in it. I love it so much. It's in chapter 6 of Romans, verse 12. It says, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey, and here it is, that you should obey it in its lust. It's an outside force convincing you to do things because you no longer have a sinful nature because you have died to sin. And yet, we now choose to be obedient to the master of sin because we are now obedient to it. It is now giving us orders and we are obeying it because we become a slave to it. <laughs> I mean, it's right here in Romans 12 in chapter Six verse twelve. Do you not know that to whom you present yourself slaves to obey, you are that one slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death. This is what you're saying. You're dying. You're dying right now because I'm obeying sin. It's leading me to death, or of obedience leading to righteousness. Whew. So I go to the Lord. I'm like, okay, God. I went to Romans. I get it. Everything you're saying to me is true. And just a side note right there. I just want you to be aware. I heard something from the Holy Spirit. And I felt what was more. And I felt the Holy Spirit guiding me to Scripture. I went to that Scripture. And it confirmed everything that he had previously shared me. That you got to confirm what you're hearing from God. If you believe you're hearing from something, the Bible should confirm it. Anyways, back to this. I go to the Lord, and I'm like, all right, Holy Spirit, now what? I understand that I've 
lower myself. I bent the knee. I, I've, I've given myself to sin. And now I've been obeying it. How do I get into righteousness? How do I continuously obey right, righteousness? How do I give myself to you fully and wholly? I mean, Paul said, hey, if you're a thief, become a craftsman. If you're good with your hands, switch it over. How, I'm like, how, Lord, how do I do that? He said, the first thing you have to do is acknowledge that you are dead to sin and that you are a son to righteousness. Acknowledge the things within you and you will begin to move forward in your true identity and character. Whew. Do you realize that is a significant part of how to renew your mind? The Bible says there's only one way to transform, and that is through the renewing of your mind. So as I begin to acknowledge what the Bible says about me, I may not believe it in the moment. But the more I begin to just acknowledge it, I don't have to believe that in the moment I'm righteous, but I can believe that the Bible says I'm righteous. That's easy to believe. It says it right there. It's in black and white. I am righteous. I am dead to sin. It's what the Bible says. It's easy to believe something when you're reading it, uh, something about you. I don't necessarily have to be like, oh, I am, I'm feeling righteous right now. That's not always how it works. To feel righteous, you usually need to be doing something that's righteous. And so if I'm in the moment of feeling weak and low and, and hurt, then what I need to do is I need to acknowledge, no, I am righteous. I am dead to sin. And as I acknowledge it, I begin to think of ways that I can act that out. What can I do right now that a righteous person would do, that someone who is dead to sin would do? And you, when you move in that direction and you move in the place of righteousness, then you will begin to feel righteousness. You don't wait to feel righteousness to be it. You acknowledge it, do something, walk in it, and then you'll feel like it. And you'll continuously feel like it because you're operating within it. So to recap, if you're getting pushed in a certain direction and you don't know why, check and see who you're obeying. Who's your master? Is it Jesus? Or is it the devil? Is it sin? Is it unrighteousness? Now, if you recognize that, then acknowledge what the Bible says about you, that you're a son or you're a daughter of the Most High King. You are dead to sin and you're righteous. There's so many things in Scripture that talk so greatly about you. So much. You are so valued in the kingdom. But the world is trying to get you to think that you're not, that you're low, that you're beneath it. You are not. It says... <laughs> That God is making the enemy Jesus' footstool. Well, whose body are we a part of? We're a part of the body of Christ, which means we are a part of that body who is higher than the footstool. If you're a foot, if you're a toe, if you're a finger, if you're an eye, an ear, you're still part of the body of Christ, and you are still above the footstool. You are not below it. It is below you. Acknowledge that. Slowly and surely, you'll begin to walk according to the right path. Be a slave to righteousness. Be a friend of Jesus. Be a son. Be a daughter. It's who you're called to be. Thanks so much for listening. I'll see you next time.
Hey, thanks so much for listening to Day by Day with Holy Spirit. If you're enjoying what you're listening to, make sure to subscribe to this podcast. And if you want more content, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at DBD with Holy Spirit. See you there.